Well, good morning. morning. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Hey, thank you. You want to come up here? Who was that? I've got a mic for you. It is truly so good to be with you guys today. Um, I do hope there are many moms, as you've heard from others in here this morning, that are feeling loved and celebrated and honored um, this morning. I am grateful this morning that my mom is here. Uh, Mom, it doesn't surprise me in the least that you're here with dad and all your friends and you're on the front row. (laughs) Because... Because you've been on the front row for 46 years, and um, my 30s and 40s have required a lot more momming out of you than I anticipated or wanted, but you are the model of unconditional love and support. So I'm so glad my mom's here. Hey, also, as has been mentioned, we do always want to um, reference the fact that we know this is a tender day. Um, Some who have lost a mom, some who have a difficult relationship with their mom. You might be on the flip side and grieving a difficult relationship with your kids and you are the mom. Others have lost kids and Mother's Day is only a painful reminder of that. And we also know um, there are many around here who are just yearning to be moms but have not been given the opportunity. So whichever of those might be true for you, we want you to know that you are not alone. Today is a complex day, very celebratory uh, for some, but also painful for others. So we always wanna honor the reality of where you find yourself um, today. So let's pray together. God, will you meet each one of us exactly where we are? Will you be with us as we navigate Mother's Day um, and all that that entails for us personally? Would you draw near so that your presence and your peace would be palpable for each of us? God, we ask that you speak to us. Um, We are listening this morning. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last time I was up here with you guys, I had a baseball cap on um, over my bald head because I didn't want anybody to mistake me for Dan. Um, (laughs) Truly, I was in the middle of chemotherapy treatments and no question it was a really difficult season for me and for my family, Uh, but I'm so grateful to report this morning that I'm cancer free. Thank you. And truly, you guys, this place and you people um, just brought such support and love um, to not only me, but my family. Um, So I can't thank this community enough for who you were during that season for us. So thank you, guys. Well, today we're still in the Love Math series. Today, um, we're looking at it in regards to having kids and what happens with the addition of each one. So when you have your first kid, it's an absolute game changer. No question your life turns on its head and is never quite the same. But with the addition of your second kid, a simple addition equation 
no longer applies. So the, the equation we're looking at first today, I'm sorry if I'm in the way, but is one plus one does not equal two. Because if you have any kids, or if you've been around any kids, you know that each one of those little number ones represents a unique combination of personality, of strengths, of weaknesses. Each little number one has very different needs from the parents. And a lot of wonderful things come with each of those numbers. But if we're honest, lack of sleep, energy depletion, chaos, a little stress are in there as well. So that's when it becomes exponential math. Well, from personal experience as a mom, I would concur with this idea. We are zone defense, for sure, at our house. So a month ago, my daughter uh, Tatum turned 11, and what she really wanted to do that day was to go back through pictures of the day she was born. And so I'm gonna show you one of them. This was the day she was born, and we were all looking at them together, and. Um, my daughter, Kira, who's a teenager, just kind of got quiet for a little while, and I wondered what was going on um, in her head. And um, with the grace and just love of a teenager, um, she, she eventually said, Mom, you had four kids in seven years. Why did you do that? <laughs> the only words I could come up with were, that's a really good question you pose. Because <laughs> it was fun, but it was crazy. So with the addition of each kid, we're actually gonna shift because one plus one plus one does not equal two turned for me to one plus one plus one kind of equals-ish what felt like eight. <laughs> and I've actually got I've got an actual visual for you of what this looked like in our family. This picture was taken around the same time as the first one you just looked at. This is my, he was just about three. His name's Isaac, and this is what he wore. A Chiefs jersey is great, but it was backwards every single day for a year. And what you can't tell from this picture, but it was really easy for me to find in another picture because he literally dressed like this for a year, was that his jeans were also backwards. Here's what my conversation with his three-year-old preschool teachers sounded like. I just need you to understand, I can see his clothes. I'm well aware of the fact they're backwards. I need you to understand that's not on my radar. And that will not be on my radar this entire year, so please give us grace. <laughs> that, my friends, is why it feels like one plus one plus one equals eight. And I actually asked him this morning, I said, hey, sometimes for me, it felt like 80. Can you add a zero? So they did. Because that's what it felt like um, in those days of backwards clothes. Well, today, we're going to explore a passage about kids and parents. And as we celebrate um, a holiday like Mother's Day, I know um, you might have a tendency to want to just check out if you're not a mom. 
but I just want you to know there's rock climbing equipment on the stage, so stick with me. I promise it's not just a lame mom message. And as Seth referenced, um, we may not all be parents in here today, but I'm 100% sure we're all somebody's kid. So we can all find ourselves in the story today. Well, look with me at Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. Well, when I knew that this was the scripture um, I was teaching on this morning, I looked it up in this, um, this app that I love called Bible Gateway. And if you just plug in a verse, you can look it up in all different translations. And sometimes for me, different language, different words hit me in, um, in a deeper place. So I looked it up in several uh, translations and it just added layers of understanding um, as well as just a deeper personal connection. So look with me at the New Living Translation. It says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. So when my kids are here at 11 at the second service, we're actually just going to stop for like five minutes. <laughs> so I'm just going to have them read that over and over. I'll do that for you, you guys who have kids in here this morning. I love that. I love those words, because you belong to the Lord, and it's the right thing to do. And the last translation that I loved was the Passion Translation. And it just says, children, if you want to be wise, listen to your parents and do what they tell you, and the Lord will help you. For the commandment, honor your father and your mother, was the first of the Ten Commandments with a promise attached. You will prosper and live a long, full life if you honor your parents. Well, needless to say, the more translations I read, the more important this passage felt. The words are strong, yet encouraging. The language points out the fact that doing these things, obeying and honoring, has a direct correlation to the happiness we experience on life. One of them even references the longevity of your life based on this promise. Well, we thought it would only be fitting to get some kids' perspective on this verse. So our friend Steve Weatherford checked in with a few of them as to what they thought about this verse. So watch with me. Have a seat. <clears throat> I like your shoes. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm going to ask you some questions. Okay? Okay. Don't be nervous, but they're gonna be very hard. Are you smart? Yeah. Okay. First of all, do you have a mom and dad? Yes. Okay, you do? Yeah. Okay. Um, do you like them? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. You be you be your mom, and I'm going to be you. Okay? <sighs> I'm ready to go to school, Mom. Make your bed. I don't want to make my bed. Well, if you don't, then you're going to sit in timeout. I don't want to sit in timeout. If 
you don't, then I'll tell your teacher you're the rudest person in the school. I don't even want to go to school. Well, if you don't, then you have to get a spanking. <laughs> you're really good at this. No, you're gonna be a great mom. Mm -hmm. Yes. Since I'm the almost the tallest kid in my whole class, yeah. Some people, I have a lot of friends because of of since I'm like super cool. I'm the coolest one in my whole class. I know exactly how you feel. That's pretty much how I was and still am. Cool. Yeah, we're we're cool. This is a verse from the Bible. Right, and I've taken some words out. Okay. But you're smart, right? Yeah. So you're gonna fill them in. Children. Help. Your parents in the community. Community, for this is right. You think that's what it says? Helping your mom. Helping your mom. Yeah. Why? Why would you help your mom? That's a good answer. What do you think that word is? Tickle? Yes. Children tickle your parents. Do you think that's it? I tickle my parents. That's what I'm talking about. Children. Obey. I... You've read this before. Children. Children obey your parents in the Holy Spirit. In the Lord, you're really close, for this is right. Good job. So what does it mean to obey your parents? It means to do what they tell you to, even if you don't want to. What does it mean to obey? Like listen. Mm-hmm. Why do you think you should listen to your parents? Because they might step on stuff. Mm-hmm. You ever stepped on a Lego? Yes. It hurts, doesn't it? Children obey your parents because your parents don't want to step on Legos. Well, in order to drill down and really explore this passage further, we're going to pivot just a little bit from simple math equations to the physics of rock climbing. So last year, um, we had the, the privilege to go on our first rock climbing trip in Arkansas with some dear friends of ours, uh, the Hardys, who actually are Heartlanders as well. And uh, I'll tell you, we had never been rock climbing before, but we are all hooked. And even in that moment, the systems of rock climbing reminded me so much of how we navigate relationships. So here are the, the four necessary steps of rock climbing. The first one, number one, is to gear up. This is when you rest, receive, and listen. Secondly, you tether. That's when you snap in and connect. The third one is when you actually climb, and that's when you have to trust and rely. And the fourth one is when you let go. That's when you get to lean back and fly. So our first step is the gearing up. Moms, we are terrible at this. We're so focused on everybody else around us that we rarely take time for ourselves to gear up. 
This is kind of the oxygen mask mentality um, where if you don't take care of yourself first, you're not much good to those around you. In rock climbing, the gear up was just the pre-climb routine. And I learned that it was a vital part of the equation. It was so important that we slept well, ate some cliff bars, and drank a lot of Gatorade. Because our bodies being nourished before we started climbing was a must. And then comes your actual gear. Here's what it looked like for us this morning. I just took this picture on our way out, and this was us lining up the climbing shoes for all the kids and making sure we had the right sizes. In those bags are ropes and carabiners and all the things necessary. And you actually even have a little visual um, this morning. So I'm going to show you, basically, when you're rock climbing, two different people have these on. These are harnesses. So the climber and the, what's called the belayer, this was new language to me, but the belayer is the person that's just holding your rope as you're climbing up the rock face. So the climber has one end of the rope and is snapped in with a carabiner locked in in a harness. The belayer has the other harness and is locked in and you're literally connected to the same rope. And then you also have these on, these are rock climbing shoes and if you could feel them, the bottoms are just really, really hard rubber, and they help you um, just kind of cling to the rock face as you make your way up. Uh, the other part that was necessary for us, because our family was, was brand new to this, was that we had to, we had to learn what, what rock climbing was, what, how it worked. So this was our, a picture of our little tutorial before we started climbing, um, where they, our friends, Joel and Tisha, sat us down, we had to listen and understand the rope system and the communication and how everything worked. And one of the things we learned that I had never heard before were the commands that are spoken back and forth to the climber, from the climber to the belayer and back so that you know it's time to climb and everything's safe. So here's what it sounds like. Once you've got your harness in and you're snapped in, tethered in, locked in, uh, the climber asks, once ready, on belay? And the belayer answers back, belay is on. The climber says, climbing, and then the belayer responds, climb on, at which point you get to start climbing. I love the metaphor this process creates in terms of our relationship with God. He invites us to gear up by simply slowing down and spending time with him. As we explore the scripture today, I want us to kind of think through it in two different ways, literally as parents and kids, but also with us, all of us in here as kids with our heavenly father. As I really thought about um, and prayed about um, the verse, what stood out to me were the words obey and honor. So I want us to just look a little more closely at those in terms of what they were written in the Greek to mean. So obey is really simple. It just means to listen attentively. The word honor just means to fix value on. It's in our gearing up that we obey, we listen attentively to God. 
and we honor, we fix value on. This first step is how we get clear on our ambition, our motivation, what drives us. If we don't make time and space to listen, to receive, to discern where God's leading us and get clear on what we value most, we climb aimlessly and often out of a place of being totally depleted. It's the same with being a mom. And honestly, with parenting and with our other relationships, it's hard to have anything to give if you haven't given yourself any time and space to gear up. What about you? What does it look like for you to gear up? And how often are you taking the time to do it? To listen and receive, maybe take a couple deep breaths. Moms, are you taking any time to intentionally breathe God in so that you can exhale that to your kids and your other relationships? Well, once we're geared up, it's time to tether. The tethering is when you snap and connect. And I've got a couple pictures to show you just as visuals. So the first one is uh, my daughter Kira and my friend Tisha. And you can see, so Kira is going to be the climber and Tisha in the stocking cap is the belayer. And you can see they both have harnesses on. Tisha has some extra carabiners and various equipment to navigate the ropes. And then they're both holding on to the same rope. So they're snapped in and connected. This is what it looks like in action, just so you have a visual. Um, this is Tisha at the bottom and Kira climbing. And you can see that they're both connected to the same rope. And Tisha's keeping Kira safe um, as she climbs. You know, a recent survey was taken around here. And it asked a lot of things and was just trying to get the, a pulse on a lot of things around here. But one of the things it asked people is, just kind of how are you feeling in life in general right now? And you know the word that came up over and over? The word overwhelmed. Being a mom in today's world, especially with technology and social media, I will tell you that the word overwhelmed is how I feel much of the time. I don't know about you, but I'm a striver by nature. I'm often hustling to do things in my own strength, forgetting that God is standing by holding the rope. This is often the topic of conversation in my counselor's office, who apparently has excellent job security in me because I keep showing up there. And the word she keeps speaking into my life over and over, the word I've heard most in the last several years is the word surrender. I hate that word, and I can't believe I keep paying her to say it to me. <laughs> but I'm slowly learning that she is right because my weakness invites God's strength. And I'm not sure I've ever experienced this in a more tangible way than in being a mom. We're gonna look at a, a scripture in 2 Corinthians, Corinthians, but before we do, 
I want to tell you just a little bit of background so you know a little bit of context. So Paul is referring to something in his life. It's a recurring theme that continues to be incredibly difficult for him. He describes it as a thorn in his side. Can you relate? Moms, what is this for you? A particular relationship, an internal battle you keep fighting and wrestling with. Maybe it's depression or anxiety. It could be that mom guilt where whenever you're at work, you feel like you should be at home. And whenever you're at home, you feel like you should be at work. Here's what Paul says. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to relieve me of this. But he answered me, my grace is always more than enough for you. And my power finds its full expression through your weakness. So I will celebrate my weaknesses, for when I'm weak, I sense more deeply the mighty power of Christ living in me. So I'm not defeated by my weakness, but delighted. For when I feel my weakness and endure mistreatment, when I'm surrounded with troubles on every side, and face persecution because of my love for Christ, I am made yet stronger. For my weakness becomes a portal to God's power. I love that last line. For my weakness, your weakness, becomes a portal to God's power. This is the tethering, you guys. Surrendering our weaknesses to God and his strength. Choosing not to walk alone and to remember that God has the rope. It's going to God as our most genuine, most vulnerable selves and literally snapping in to connect ourselves to him. Because when we let him navigate the ropes, his strength and his power and his grace are literally connected to us. Well, once we're safely tethered, it's time to begin our ascent. Um, I've got a couple pictures of what that looks like. These are a couple of my kids doing the actual climbing. And you can see by the size of their little bodies compared to the rock face, it was a long way up. And I will tell you that all of us, and we, we talked about it then and we talked about it just recently, for all of us, we felt like right before you start climbing, you just have this intense sense of fear and trepidation because it's so far up. And we learned that rock climbing is a slow maneuver. It's one hand and then one foot and then another hand, and you're constantly surveying the area kind of right in front of you, looking for a crevice to put one hand in or a little rock protruding that you can hoist yourself gingerly up on with a foot. And it's, you're just slowly going up a few inches here and a few inches there. It's slow and meticulous. As I began to climb for the first time, I lacked trust. 
mostly because it just felt really, really scary. I didn't trust the rope that was holding me, and I wasn't entirely sure I trusted my friend holding the other side of the rope. But as I slowly learned to trust, I felt more and more comfortable to climb higher and higher up the rocks. Well, I want to read to you something that God has to say um, about trust as we climb. And on a, just on a side note, this is one of my favorite ways to gear up. I try to read it every morning so it kind of frames my day. And basically, it's just a little devotional that has some words of how maybe God would speak to us today. And then it also leads you to various scripture in the Bible. So here's what it said just recently about trust. I am taking care of you. Trust me at all times. Trust me in all circumstances. Trust me with all your heart. When you are weary and everything seems to be going wrong, you can still utter these four words. I trust you, Jesus. By doing so, you release matters into my control and you fall back into the security of my everlasting arms. Well, as we each learn to trust and to climb, we also encouraged one another from the bottom of the rock face. As I think back on that trip, one of my absolute favorite parts was just the camaraderie and team spirit for the climber. Our friends and our kids actually impacted my confidence and my level of trust. Their words served as constant reminders that I was safe. And it felt so reassuring to hear their sweet voices from down below. And they were just saying things like, keep going, mom. It's just a little bit further. I think I see a place for you to put your right hand. Try to, you know, they're, they're coaching me through. Don't look down was one of them I heard a lot. <laughs> You're safe. Keep climbing. Well, while we climb, you guys, God wants us to have those voices in our lives. He created us for relationship and for community. The people we choose to surround ourselves with and the words and the affirmations they speak into us are vital to our trust. And I don't think I've ever needed that affirmation more than in parenting. I was a part of a, um, a Bible study around here. There were nine of us women, and we met for, I think, 10 straight years, once a week. And I'm not kidding you guys, I would have walked barefoot through three feet of snow to get to this group. Because somehow, through each other, not only were we connected to each other, but we connected ourselves and each other to God. And we supported one another in our climbs. So what about you? Are you tethered to God as you climb? And have you invited some people to stand at the bottom to cheer you on? Well, the last step in climbing is the fun part and ironically also the most terrifying. 
Why is it so hard for us to let go? My experience was that I never really looked down until I got to the top. And then it totally freaked me out. That's how all of us felt. We thought climbing would be the most difficult part, but interestingly, it was when we got to the top. And our only job was to lean back, push off the wall a few times, and get to literally fly. This is what it looks like, just because I want you guys to have a visual of what I'm talking about. So this is, this is my okay, son, nice. Isaac. Good eye. Oh, go for it, sorry. Okay, just nice, a second. Nice. Good eye. Let me tell you what it's like <laughs> when you rappel down. Sarah, if you're able to grab it at any point, jump in. So here's what you do. You've climbed slowly and meticulously all the way to the top. There's no further to go. And the only way to get down is you've got to literally lean back so your body kind of becomes perpendicular to the wall. And your job is to use your feet and just push off as you go down. The difficulty in that reminded me a lot of my own life in trusting God to have the rope so that I can lean back and let go. I love this verse in John. It's John 16, 33. It says, I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured, deeply at peace. That's the letting go. God has us, you guys. He is our ultimate belayer, our savior, our confidant, our father, our friend, our biggest fan. He is sure-footed and strong, steadfast and consistent. And he so lovingly and purposefully maneuvers our ropes. He longs to pour his grace and his power into us. And all the while, he grants us peace so that we may be unshakable and assured in him. He encourages us and cheers us on as we climb. And when we reach the top of the rock face each time, I believe that just like our friends and our kids, he is yelling up assurances. I've got you. You're safe. You made it. Now trust me. Lean back and let go. I don't know what you're up against today. And I don't know what Mother's Day looks like for you. But I do know that you are not meant to climb these rocks alone. God is waiting patiently for each of us to muster the courage to utter the words on belay. And I believe he responds every time with a grin and a twinkle in his eye. Belay is on. 
with our rope safely in his hands, we say, climbing. To which he responds with deep assurance, climb on.